Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. this turned down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double and you're now tuned into episode uh what is this 84 or 85 of do rags and boat shoes i cannot remember but we gonna keep on rocking i know we in them in them early 80s what's up to my 80s baby shout outs to all the y'all uh, you're getting this episode a day late. Uh, normally, I record on Tuesdays, but Tuesday was my uh, uncle's birthday, and I had to get get together with the family and uh, just hang out with him, celebrate his life, and uh, you know, much love and respect to my uncle, uh, who's he's only five years older than me, so he was more of a big brother uh, to me, uh, taught me a lot. Uh, he was very tough on me growing up as kids, you know, really didn't let me win at anything or let up on me on anything. And I appreciate that because that did make me tougher. And it, you know, it helped create the man that you have here in front of you today. So much love and respect to my uncle Jerome. I love you. And uh, I'll dedicate this episode to you. So let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer jam screen. I guess first things first, did y'all see the good old BET Awards? Um, I didn't watch it. I seen the highlights of it. Um, I'm, I don't know. I've been done with BET for a while. They do got a show on there that I want to peep out and is breaking down like love songs and hip hop songs and like showing them visually. Like uh, I think they did Biggie's I Got a Story to Tell. So I, I think I'm going to peep that out. But the BET Awards, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's something I'm not really interested in. But uh, did y'all see our man's joe button aka mouse button uh how he was clowning with migos during that interview like he he really wasn't clowning but it was one of those things like you know it's like your og uncle or or your pops you know at a cookout or something and you cut and the, and the little cousins is like coming through looking crazy you know on some new skinny jeans wearing some high heels but talking about they straight and uh you know got the taco meat showing and shit like that so it was, it was one of them that's how that's how uh, mouse was uh joe button was with the migos so he has a show called everyday struggle with dj academics and i love the dynamic of the show because you got a street nigga or just a real dude and joe button just real as real as they come honestly and i think in this internet age everybody you know wants to be cute and sassy but joe is just a real dude like he's just somebody you could just talk to and just kick it with and soak up some game and he's always gonna keep it 100 with you and then you got dj academic who is one of these millennial weirdos like you see how he interacts with the guest on the show it just it just shows you that this nigga was used to you know just staying in the basement playing video games and blog and blogging or vlogging or whatever like that because he is he's just such an anti-social weirdo and he wants to come off like he's 
you know more than he is and it's just like wow like you seen the interview with uh, i think it was vic mensa who said he was gonna beat the shit out of him if the cameras wasn't there just how reckless and greasy he was talking on the internet and you know it's one of those things where you just kind of see how a lot of these people are in real life who hide behind these big monikers that they have online because he got like a few hundred thousand followers online but you never seen the dude like out djing or anything like that he would do like video game uh videos on youtube and shit like that but just a real weirdo ass guy so i liked it so i love the dynamics because you got somebody who's just real and in your face like joe button just old school just how you're supposed to be you're just supposed to be real and honest with people and you know you should have a filter you should have some candor um but he does it and i appreciate that and then you got academics who's just a real life weirdo that's how a lot of these people are and it just shocks me like with uh, uh some of these omaha people who are famous on uh on twitter and facebook who got like thousands of followers and stuff these people be real life weirdos like if you see me out and you like what up double or you like what up adrian i'm like hey what's up how you doing you know things like that and i'm gonna shoot the shit with you i'm gonna shoot the breeze with you but a lot of these people be having a few thousand followers on twitter you know four or five thousand followers and you know at the friends limit on uh facebook which is like three thousand or something like that but got maybe about ten thousand people following them but in real life they be weirdos like i seen a few of them out at the women's march and you know you just see them out and they're like hit them with a head now hey what's up you're pretty funny on facebook or twitter or whatever oh yeah I'm, i'm just out here like that and it's just like wow nigga you a weirdo you are very odd and then i seen a couple of uh i'm gonna call them neck up uh instagram chicks who had a few thousand followers i've seen them out in different like at the uh getting ready for uh like uh events being thrown around the city at out at west rose mall that's where a lot of them be at out there at von mar and shit like that or forever 21 scamming and uh just weirdos be having like you know five six thousand followers and be talking greasy and reckless online like they the toughest thing on two feet or the sexy sexiest thing on two feet and you like you see them in person and you just see how they interacting with people and you're like oh so you just you just live on your phone okay i get it now so i feel like there's two different worlds like you got this social media world where you're like the king or the queen of it and then you got the real world where you really ain't shit you know but you actually gotta prove and hustle and grind for yours in the real world because uh, likes don't equal dollars now followers can equal dollars if you play the game right but a lot of y'all out here hustling for likes and for retweets and shit like that and y'all out here being dustier than the bottom of some old thames you know but anyways that's just me going on a rant but yeah the more followers i feel like a person has if it's just a regular ass person it's not like a celebrity or somebody who's known for doing something in the public spotlight they're fucking weirdos nine times out of ten they are fucking weirdos like no social skills whatsoever none none at all you can see that with dj academics on this show everyday struggle but so you had the Migos on there them three niggas had had their chests out wearing you know little girl blouses you know like preteen blouses little 12 year old blouses 
and Joe was just tired of them being sassy. Now, the story is he said on Twitter that he was just tired of them being sassy, but beforehand, uh, people were saying, or I think Joe said maybe to some close feet people that they were just trying to play him to the left with the daps and things like that. And so that just kind of set that mood. The niggas was acting all Hollywood. But my thing is, why are you going to, you know, try to get greasy? And I think they were beefing with Chris Brown because I think one of them uh, Migos Negroes is uh, messing with Karuchi or something like that. Supposedly, I don't know. So they was beefing with Chris Brown crew. But I'm like, y'all wouldn't do that, you know, at the Grammys. Y'all wouldn't act like that there. So why would you think it's cool and, uh, you know, act all a fucking fool at the BET Awards? You know, that's just, it's one of them things like, okay, so you go to these white man's award, white man award shows, and you're going to be all fine and dandy pre-show, during the show, but you might act a fool at an after party hosted by a black person. That's, that's just the kind of shit I can't rock with. And, um, you know, if you get your ass whooped by three niggas and some blouses, well, you need to deserve to get your ass whooped. They had on all that gaudy jewelry and, you know, they got them little bird chests and them little chicken arms and shit like that. It just looks like, you know, you slap them hard enough in the chest, like hit them with one of them Ric Flair back chops in the chest. They gonna fold like a, you know, like an old uh, lawn chair or some shit like that. But that was funny just seeing uh, Joe Budden just kind of walk off and just be like I'm done with this bullshit because it's so fake it is you know I know they're one of the hottest groups out but ain't nobody gonna kiss your ass like that like come on now and I get the same kind of energy from uh, Young Thug too because I watched a uh, one of them documentaries on uh, uh, Vice uh, noisy or whatever it was about talking about the Atlanta music scene and this nigga was acting like he was fucking Prince and Killer Mike even tried to uh compare Young Thug to Prince I'm like nigga no nigga no only thing you could compare them is with the questionable attire but musically no nigga no not it not at fucking all you can't you can't even do that but yeah he was just acting all brand new and He's like, I don't do interviews on the on the screen or on camera. And his lady was talking for him and all this other shit, just being a diva. And I'm like, dog, you ain't been in this game long enough. Like, I don't I don't see any like what platinum plaques do you have? You know what? What wave as you started? Because I mean, you to me, you just another tatted up skinny jean wearing laying your baby hair to the side, nigga. To me, you know, mumble when you kicking bars. So. I don't know. You put them niggas in the line, put him in the lineup with Migos and Lil Uzi Vert and uh, Yachty and everybody other, uh, every other, you know, dreadhead, you know, blouse wearing rapper. And I couldn't pick him out of a lineup to tell you the guy's honest truth. But anyways, did you guys see the article the Daily Mail put out? It was talking about um, Facebook is censoring over uh, or removing over 66,000 um, something a month. It's like six, over 66,000 uh, hate speech posts a month or something to that extent. And uh, what's what's funny about that is you're like, oh, this is great. This is amazing. Facebook is finally, you know, getting rid of uh, the fucking uh, alt-right Freedom Eagle guys who are keep posting fake news and all this other shit. But lo and behold, uh, they hired 40, they got about 45, not hired, but they have about 4,500 human people actually combing through, uh, your, uh, your replies when you mark it as spam, 
and uh, or hate speech or you flagging different posts and things like that so people are actually reviewing it but they saying uh they delete about 66,000 hate posts a week you know it's trying to stop offensive uh content so that's about almost 300,000 posts a month and you know what's funny about this is we can go all the way back to what was it last year or a couple years ago uh, i think it was just last year when uh your man's Mark Zuckerberg had to release an official statement to his staff about uh, the mural that they had in the office that you can write stuff on about crossing out Black Lives Matter and writing All Lives Matter. So well, this, this it's it's all really coming together, right? Yeah, wow, so you yeah, guys wow. see where I'm going with this, and then they had a. Then they brought like some black kids to the Facebook campus to show them, you know, coding and how Facebook works and shit like that, trying to save face. But black folks have been saying for years, especially with the rise of this consciousness in the black community, probably starting around 2010, a little bit after that, until present day, a lot of black folks are really waking up and seeing through the bullshit. So they start talking about justice and empowerment. And so many black folks are actually, you know, getting censored on Facebook and things of that source. And that's why the brother um, Tariq, uh, now she started his app, More Us. Uh, it's up on I, on iTunes in the app store now. That's, that's the reason he started that, because he would, you know, uh, like on his Twitter, he would always break stories or give you information about what was happening with uh, legal lynchings and different things of that source. And calling out white supremacy and he would always get flagged you know his account would be suspended for a week or for like a month so this brother said fuck it you know started up an indiegogo jumped on that wave and i did too and uh donated money to get it started and y'all should follow me on more us under do rags and boat shoes the, the show is up there uh the like pages and uh shout out to them because it's, it's it's not it's not really popping like it should be um it needs to be promoted more honestly um, but you know, shout out to the people who like the page because every time I post, you know, my listens go up. So shout out to them. I never forget about interacting with folks on More Us. But like I said, black folks been saying for years that uh, Facebook has been censoring them and letting white men, you know, uh, go off the chain and you know, nigger, 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 this and all this other stuff, and then. What's even funnier, this Daily Mail article comes out, but then, um, let's see here, a uh, website called Pro Pro Republica, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm a little sick, Um, bear with me, that's why my voice sounds a little bit different, but they actually dropped an article, so that Daily Mail one came out on the 27th, and then today, uh, the 28th, uh, Pro Republica. ProPublica, I'm not saying, I'm sorry, I said Republica, but it's ProPublica, and it's an independent news source, and I did the background check on it, you know, make sure it wasn't any fake news, and this is a legitimate site, but, so it says, Facebook's secret censorship rules protect white men from hate speech, but not black children, and so the whole, the whole article is about how, um, Let's see here how a congressman, you know, starts off talking about the terrorist attack in London and a U.S. congressman was talking about that, um, you know, radicalized Muslims need to be killed and all this other shit. And his Facebook post wasn't taken down. And then uh, they uh, compare and contrast with a uh, May post from a Black Lives Matter activist named Didi Delgado. And her post was about all white people are racist. Start from this reference point. 
or you've all or you've already failed and the post was removed and her account was suspended for seven days so people are trying to see what's going on here but uh they released the algorithm uh that uh facebook uses excuse me and so so facebook you know has used uh, some rules to train its uh content reviewers the 4500 people who are actually working and reviewing content uh to decide whether to delete or allow posts so it's uh, like a protected category plus an attack equals hate speech so who we protect is uh you know uh sex religious affiliation national origin gender identity race ethnicity sexual orientation serious disability or disease who we don't protect is social class continental origin appearance age occupation political ideology religions and countries so this is how they say that you know white men are protected and not black children because of age so it doesn't protect against ageism so if you say something like you can kill all the little black kids you know that you can find yada 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 some racist bullshit ass post is going to stay up there but if you say something like uh, i'm going to uh, kill white men that's that's a race plus a gender that means the post is going to stay up so facebook is just looking funny in the light very funny in the light um really i've really stopped fucking with facebook so tough i used to be on there hee heeing and guffawing it up with people left and right but um you know i'm seriously after reading this article thinking of deactivating you know if people want to reach me they they already you know got my phone numbers and things like that and if they want to see pictures like my wife can post pictures up there and my mama and my uncle now you know family can do all that shit but uh it's just really i don't know facebook been looking funny in the life for a long time i've seen so many people on my friends list who post empowering messages and things of that sort um you know get suspended and things of that sort calling out white supremacy but you had all these different pages mocking like way back in 2012 they were mocking the the death of trayvon martin once they seen that black folks was up in arms about this the the murder of this uh, young boy so they were posting you know pictures of him uh you know of him dead lying in that yard and then you had uh that halloween uh following that following halloween white folks dressing up in a bloody hoodie holding skittles and uh uh, arizona teas and shit you know just sick vile disgusting things but they let those posts stay up but if you talk about organizing and getting together you could start a group and they suspend that whole group and every member in that group deactivate your account for seven days and if you do it again they'll deactivate that account for 30 days and with these people who work at facebook you know uh crossing out black lives matter and putting all lives matter it just goes to show who runs the show actually so I should have put that in selling hope like dope, but it was a very interesting read. But uh, check out that uh, Pro uh, Publica um, website and uh, read through that article. And it actually has a slideshow of the algorithm that they use, the humans uh, use to. to you know, 
Now, that sounds funny saying that, but they do have artificial intelligence also, you know, reviewing posts and things of that sort. But uh, uh, the human beings reviewing these posts and things of that sort. And so they're trying to justify this, but it's just protecting their own interests. And it looks a little funny in the light. I know there are some people who are like, fuck the system. This is censorship, yada, yada, yada. You know, just fake outrage. But they still can say and talk greasy about black folks and won't nothing be done. So, my man Hove, what you gotta say? Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. Alright, thank you so much Tyrone Biggums for that lovely, lovely intro. I'm happy to see that my brother's still out here getting that work. So, selling hope like dope. Uh, we have to talk about uh, cultural appropriation. Uh, there's been a claim uh, by some folks on Twitter and social media is kind of running with it about Bruno Mars uh, being a, a culture vulture. And I don't know where the fuck this came from. Now, uh, I talked about on a podcast on a show, uh, was it, I don't know, about a month back, month and a half back. When I made a whole thread about culture vultures talking about Mark Wahlberg, um, Kid Rock, um, who else? I don't know. I think it was, uh, yeah, Kid Rock and Mark Wahlberg was the, the the main culprits that I talked about. And it, it pretty much went viral. It had almost 250,000 impressions and all this other shit, right? So I was puzzled to see people shitting on Bruno Mars. Now, Bruno Mars is really just doing his thing right now uh, with this music that's going on right now. And we all know that uh, with acts like Adele, people love to see a white person, you know, do black things. They love it, you know. And when I say people, I'm talking about everybody because, you know, you get some black, black folks skinning and grinning. You know, when they see Justin Timberlake, you know, hit a Harlem Shake or some shit like that. But I don't know. I'm just puzzled by this by this Bruno Mars thing because he always pays homage or homage, you know, to those who came before him. Uh, he's always a very, very humble young man. Uh, and his backup dancers, I'm not backup dancers, but his backup singers are black. You know, he's putting black folks on. So I just I don't understand where this is coming from. And he's Puerto Rican and uh, Filipino. Um, so the Puerto Rican, that's that's just where some black folks got dropped off on the island, you know, so speaking Spanish. Um, so I don't I don't know where this coming, where this is coming from. And, and a lot of folks are uh, flaming this one young lady. I guess she had a bunch of followers and she was talking about that and. Some folks agreed, and now it's kind of making its way to Facebook. What I hate about, you know, situations like this or how late Facebook is, it'd be some shit that'll be happening. This happened a few days ago, maybe, yeah, about three days ago, and now it's on fire on Facebook. I'm just like, God damn, Facebook be late as hell. I'll have uh, a few of my buddies uh, send me a meme that they saw on Facebook. I'm like, nigga, that been floating around the Twitterverse and Tumblr for about a good year now but i still hit him with the laughing and crying emoji you know but i ain't got the heart to tell my niggas getting old out here <laughs> we all in our early 30s but niggas is getting old out in these streets though but anyways uh this cultural appropriation thing is 
you know, it, it, it doesn't apply to Bruno Mars because, like I said, he got black staff. Um, he got black backup uh, singers, you know, who are getting paid, P-A-I-D. And this man pays homage to those who came before him and who and those who influenced him. So it really doesn't work like that. And it's the same thing with uh, Eminem. You can't say that Eminem is a culture vulture because Eminem made a bunch of money for Dre, who's black, made a bunch of money for his boys d12 when he got on he put them on uh when he got on he put 50 on and turned 50 into a fucking giant you know so i i just i don't see that when to, to for me a culture vulture is somebody who's basically coming in the game making some black music then you know they get big enough and then they go back to being white you know, like Miley Cyrus, what she's doing now, doing this country shit, talking about she's giving up weed and uh, black men, you know, and now she's out here doing, you know, country music and rocking Daisy Dukes and trying to get her white purity card back, you know, or like Kid Rock, who was out here with a, a whack top fade, you know, in the early 90s, and now he's, you know, all stars and bars with his half black son in the White House, you know, acting a fool with Sarah Palin and uh, running around with Ted Nugent, you know, so that's that's what a culture vulture to me is using um, black culture to get rich, cash out, and be like, fuck y'all, you know, but if they keep on doing it, putting black folks on, you know, paying respects, you know, I'm gonna let them cook, and in a situation with Bruno Mars doing quote unquote black music and shit like that, you know, he looked to the past to make a hot ass album. You know, he looked to the past and he was in there's a joint on his new album that takes heavy influence from the new Jack Swing, you know, that Teddy Rowley um, uh, sound. You know, and uh, you don't see you don't see uh, our people doing that really. We so we get so caught up and hung up on creating something new like i ain't fucking with them old niggas you know that's old that's old that's old that's old you know that's that's a big thing with black folks we always need something new it has to be new it has to be something that ain't nobody had but we ain't looking to the past to be like oh we've been had the funk you know we've been had what's hot and what's trendy what's popping i mean we we make the music for the world you know, but you see somebody like Bruno Mars put a little bit of spin on it, and you know, people are giving him all kind of praise and credit. You like shit. Somebody black could have been doing this. They could have been brought back New Jack Swing. You know what I'm saying? Or you even look at the song Uptown Funk. Just how funky that fucking song is. Everybody in their mama loves that song, and it has an old school vibe to it. You know, but black folks love to do something new. You know, the new trend right now with these singers and shit like that. They up here doing this singing, rapping shit. You know, up there singing their words real fast like they're rapping. And it's just like, no, let your voice do some work. You know, drag them words out a little bit longer and shit like that. And then you got people who can't even sing. It's just based off they look. I ain't gonna name no names because I ain't trying to get flamed. But some of y'all favorites, they can't sing. They can't sing at all. They just nice to look at. That's it. You know, so... You know, it is what it is. And uh, I broke down looking to the past to, you know, get inspiration for the future when I talked about the uh, Walking Dead premiere. 
you know, when it was like uh, who got killed by Negan, and it was they pretty much borrowed heavy from who shot Jr. You know, the whole summer, people was like, man, I wonder who who got killed. I wonder who got killed. They, you know, they built that buzz up. You know, it was along the same premise of that show. What was it? Uh, Dynasty? Or was it Dallas? I can't remember. I ain't that old. But, you know, there was that concept of who shot JR back in the day. Talk to your parents about it. If y'all ain't out here, you know, got a mama or a daddy who's like fucking 36 and you like fucking 16. But if they in a late 40s and above, they'll remember, you know, who shot JR and shit like that. But, you know, that's that's my advice for a lot of these musicians out here, uh, especially rappers. You know, always look to the past, you know, past rappers and things like that to just soak up some game learn from this mcs or this djs or this producers mistakes or what they should have done better or what worked for them to gain some inspiration it's too many mcs out here like you look at a perfect example of somebody like uh, asap rocky asap rocky's name real name is rakim his parents named him after rakim the god mc and ASAP Rocky really don't be fucking with, you know, old school rappers like that. And I, I can't remember the interview, but they were asking him about his name and how he was named after Rakim and, you know, what he do songs with him and things like that. But, you know, it's it's we just be we just kind of shun off people who, who, who came and went, you know, who was at the pinnacle and, you know, just kind of faded off into obscurity. But you can learn a lot from that person. You can learn a lot. And I tell you right now, this podcast take off and I start doing uh, like live shows and shit around the country. Nigga, I'm telling you, I'm going to have Nelly up there doing country grammar at the break, just getting everybody crunk. Montel Jordan, if he done doing Christian shit, I'll have him up here with, you know, this is how we do it. You know, Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock, it takes two, just getting the crowd crazy pumped. You know, them songs still ring off. You know, so it's a situation where we can really learn something from Bruno Mars. And, you know, a lot of those a lot of those white artists and uh, non-black artists, they really do be fucking with, you know, heavyweight producers who used to be the shit back in the day to learn some game and soak up some damn game. You know what I'm saying? You hear that influence heavy. And black folks, we really need to protect, you know, our music. We really do. Um... It's a situation where, to be honest, if you look at it, um, let's look at the, I will say the the 90s hip-hop, the whole culture, I'm talking about breaking, tagging, uh, DJing, and MCing, just all four elements. You look at that, the hip-hop culture from the 90s all the way up until the Napster days, that was the that was the revolutionary industry for America. That drove a lot of a lot of profits sky high from fashion to TV and music alone. People were cashing out and people are still cashing out. Still cashing out. So you look at um Jimmy Iveen and he uh he did some kind of dirtball deal to Suge Knight. And he ended up getting a bunch of money off of the masters from Death Row Recordings. And that's how he started Interscope. So Jimmy Iovine, that's pretty much how he how he made his 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 moolah 
you know, and then it, him and Dre took it to the next level with the Beats headphones and things of that sort. But, you know, that the hip hop culture really drove American culture and society, um, stocks, the money game. It, it was before it was Silicon Valley before Silicon Valley. It was the steel mills, the coal mines you know of the 90s and early 2000s but nobody really wants to admit that if you just look at the 90s up into the mid 2000s with Napster before Napster and file sharing hit when people were still buying cassettes and CDs tough selling out the stores and getting rain checks for CDs and shit hip hop made a lot of people a lot of fucking money it really did it really did Um, but yeah my advice in this selling hope like dope is uh you know stop being so fake outraged about something you know you're trying to shit on bruno mars and things like that but like i said this brother employs uh black folks does his thing you know charity wise and i don't know is he gonna go back is he gonna cross over and you know, start doing, you know, Puerto Rican music or some Spanish music because his last name is Hernandez. So, you know, if he does that, then maybe we'll start talking and I'll erase this selling hope like dope. But the fake outrage with Bruno Mars is just selling hope like dope. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? The trail extends through 14 states. She has used 127 names so far, posed as a mother of 14 children at one time, seven at another, signed up twice with the same caseworker in four days, and once while on welfare, posed as an open heart surgeon, complete with office. All right, so that was a Republican's wet dream of a president, Ronald Reagan, uh, basically speaking about the so-called welfare queen, um, Linda Taylor. I believe that's her name. And um, this woman, uh, she was out of uh, Chicago, I believe. Uh, They say that she was uh, a sister, but her husband said she could have passed for white or for Asian. Nobody really knows what her true race was, but she identified as white. But then she looked black sometimes, but she was a master of different identities. And this woman scammed uh, the system about of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, welfare benefits. So I played this because we all know welfare queens now is a dog whistle word for uh, single black mothers. That's that's all it is. It's just a dog whistle word for uh, right wingers, uh, uh, left wingers, whoever. It's just, it's a dog whistle word, and I, I don't know if I broke down welfare queens, but what I think I broke it down with Obama phones when I was talking about dog whistle words in the older show. Maybe, maybe not, but you get in the game now. So, holding this L has to be about uh, was it about 14 people in Lakewood, New Jersey. So nobody's really talking about this story online, which is kind of crazy to me. So Lakewood is an area in New Jersey uh, full of. Uh, influential or well-to-do jews right so there was a scheme by these 14 people uh these couples seven couples maybe uh 14 people i don't know if they're all couples but it's a total of 14 people and about nearly two million dollars was uh was doled out to them 
via the government in the form of food stamps, Medicaid, and uh, and a Section Eight and uh, and and SSI or um, welfare a welfare check. Pretty much, these people they hid their income by hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, on fake applications, uh, phony company owners. And uh, they even used a daycare center to hide their money, their income. So these people were living in these nice ass houses. They showed you can look at it on USA Today or uh, app.com Ashbury uh, Asbury Park Press. And it was on USA Today dot com talking about these people and there is a jewish community and then i read somewhere on one of these there's a bunch of articles about it on app.com and somebody was saying trying to justify it saying that they were trying to keep up appearances because it's expensive to put your kids in private school and all this other shit well you put them little motherfuckers in you know uh, public school there's nothing wrong with that and so these people scheme and scam their way these white jews uh to a couple million dollars they was living in these nice ass houses getting section eight food stamps and um medicaid they had to pay no medical bills nothing whatsoever and getting a welfare check so the fbi was has been investigating this for months and things like that so federal charges are going to be brought up on these this group of jews and uh i i do not feel sorry for them at all you know uh their neighbors are trying to make uh trying to make excuses for these people but they're just scamming the system and there was another huge welfare or no there was a huge food stamp fraud uh that happened last year and it was about a group of about 20 some folks uh i think it might have been i don't know if it was iowa or uh, south dakota but it was just it was and it was a whole flock of white folks and then there was a Back in what is it, 2013 or 2014, there's another story came out about uh, might even been longer than that. These people owned a yacht, a couple of boats, had a lake house, and all this other shit, and they was receiving welfare checks and Medicaid. So you tell you talk to me about welfare queen, like just type in welfare queen on YouTube and look at all them damn racist videos and up. Like it's racist without being racist, if you know what I mean. It's not out there like right in your face like nigger, 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 nigger. But you type in welfare queen and there's some black woman shouting about something. You know, so, you know, these people, they're going to have to hold this L. Um, the whole town of Lakewood, like they're saying, it might be even more people that's under investigation. But they won't say anything more about this. But people really need to make this story public so we can uh, stop associating welfare queens and shit like that with our sisters out here in the community. So the group from Lakewood, uh, New Jersey, who's out here scamming for millions of dollars in, you know, government benefits, you know, hold this hell. You perfect. All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes, we have to give it to Ice Cube for uh, starting up this Big Three League. So if you don't know what the Big Three is, it's a three-on-three uh, basketball league. It spans for about 10 weeks. So uh, I don't, I forgot how many teams are in it, but multiple teams, they, they have 10 games, uh, one a week. And uh, it has uh, retired NBA legends in it, like you got AI, who's a player coach, 
Um, you got Gary Payton, who's a coach, Dr. J, who's a coach, Charles Oakley, who's a coach, and then you got uh, players like Jermaine O'Neal, uh, Mike Bibby, and uh, Jason Williams, aka White Chocolate, and it's actually pretty dope. So how it works is uh, it's the first team to 60 wins, and you have to win by two points, and it goes by uh, twos and threes, and then um, first team to 30 points. Then you go to halftime, whoever scores 30 points first, 30 points, 30 points, go, it goes to halftime, and they also got a four-point shot, which is kind of far out there, and, uh, you know, they let the fouls fly, and it, it's pretty dope to watch, and, you know, it's going to get me through until uh, college football season starts, um, or even some, I don't know, it's just, just get, it'll get us started until, you know, the fall starts and things like that. So, um, yeah, just shout out to Ice Cube for that and, you know, taking some ownership. You know, it's pretty dope to see this happen. It comes on uh, Fox Sports 1, and the only thing that sucks about it being on Fox Sports 1, besides it being Fox, um, they show sometimes they'll show a full game, but other times they'll just show highlights of games. And I'm like, why can't we just see a whole fucking game? You know, they'll have like this drama built up and stuff between teams and it'll just show highlights of the games. But I want to see the whole damn game. So that's that's only dumb shit about it. But shout out to Ice Cube, you know, uh, being an owner and just doing the damn thing. But make sure you check out the big three league on Fox Sports one. It'll be going on, you know, for the next 10 weeks. All right, so moving on to health over wealth, last part of the show, you know what I say, without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. So this quote comes from Jared Kentz, and it says, you got to run more than your mouth to escape the treadmill of mediocrity. A true hustler jogs during the day and sleepwalks at night. So the reason that I chose this quote is I wanted to give y'all just a few hustles in uh, some different industries that's really starting to grow. And I want y'all to get paid out here. So uh, one of the hustles you can actually do is content marketing. And uh, you might not even realize this, but a lot of uh, people on social media are uh, content marketers. So they'll promote different products because they have a bunch of followers. Maybe they do funny videos. Maybe they're they love a specific sort uh, type of music. And that's all that they tweet about. Or um, they break news stories and give their opinions about it. They're very strong and opinionated. Um, but content marketing is a type of marketing that really zones in on creating, distributing uh, and uh, publishing content for a target audience. Um so a lot of times you call these people influencers. So you'll see them on uh, Instagram promoting a product or on Twitter uh, creating a hashtag and asking, you know, their 20 to 30,000 followers or even more uh, if they're watching a show with them and a tweet with them, you know, live during the show. And um, Forbes actually projects that by 2019, uh, just the industry of content marketing will generate about $300 billion in revenues. So uh, followers do equal dollars. So if y'all out here with a bunch of damn followers and y'all just tweeting nonsense and getting these jokes off, you need to start turning them followers into dollars and you need to start getting paid out here for this content marketing. Okay. And let's see the next hustle. You know, the mid is always selling that Reggie Miller, that Reggie Bush, that loud, that spinach, that Grinchy Green, that Mario flower that burns your chest is big business. And I'm speaking about marijuana. You know, I know folks are nervous that the Keebler elf uh, Jeff Sessions is attorney general, but you can always cash out legally with a dispensary or a farm. And it's projected that by 
what is it the next five years you'll have about a 33 percent growth almost 34 percent growth in farmers of marijuana and it's legal in 28 states uh, medically and then recreationally i know it's a lot less but a lot of y'all out here knocking back them little twenty dollar blunts, uh, you know, two for two for twenty, you know, knocking out a couple blunts, you know, every damn day. You know everything about weed and different strains and things of that sort. So you need to, you know, generate some capital and head west to Cali or to Colorado or Washington, and uh, you know, start up a farm or dispensary. And you know, with this current administration, if they keep fucking up the healthcare like that, all people gonna want to do is smoke a blunt you know what i'm saying to uh, fix their pain there's a lot of folks cashing out and it sucks to see so many people cashing out we got so many brothers and sisters in prison for selling weed you know during the mid 90s and which is some bullshit but you know do right by those folks cash out and you know donate some of those uh funds that you make millions and millions of dollars so you got to put it in your head that you're gonna make a lot of damn money you know you got to see it you know and then use those funds that you made from your marijuana farmer from your dispensary slash store whatever you want to call it you know for um you know to those justice funds that help get people off you know for being wrongfully convicted or you know who are, who was a victim of three strikes law or just some bullshit ass non-violent offense so you can cash out that way and you know technology has always been the wave you know people want shit with ease they want something quick or they want something that will take their mind off their boring ass life so app creation you know preferably with ar which is augmented reality is preferred that's the way to go and uh it's augmented reality is sort of it's like snapchat let's just i know everybody probably uses snapchat and it's the filters you know like you have on your face you got the little pig ears and the pig nose but you still see in your face it's basically just distorted reality like um interactive cartoons or visuals of what you're actually seeing or like pokemon go how that actually got gamers up off their ass and out into the real world outside catching pokemon you know when you turn the camera on and you know it's following your location and you're seeing you know the real world with the camera on but there's a little pokemon there and you're flicking a ball a pokeball to catch it so augmented reality that's the wave and i feel like video games are going to start going that way uh you've seen it with uh playstation dropping the uh the goggles you know the virtual reality goggles but i think augmented reality that is going to be the wave there's a lot of money being pushed towards that way so you guys really need to get to thinking but make sure you protect your idea and generate some capital to get that app built because i know a lot of y'all are bright you got some ideas but don't share them on social media because you know you share it today two months later somebody done took your idea and they out here cashing out and they just sold this app to facebook for 300 billion dollars and you're like fuck i had that idea i shouldn't have tweeted it out so technology it kind of keeps people lazy 
So this goes into the next hustle, and this is a hustle that's never been played out, and that's maintenance. So you can always start a home business, uh, a home or business maintenance company. I'm sorry, I misspoke. But all you need is cleaning supplies and a work ethic. And you remember, you know, growing up, how your mama or your daddy would be blasting some oldies at 7:30 in the morning on a Saturday or a Sunday, and you know it was time to get the deep cleaning, but you tried to fake sleep, and then they come wake your ass up. Yeah, you need to channel that spirit and get paid. And it's uh, USA Today actually ran a story about maintenance services, and they said that back in 2016, they saw a 13% increase in sales. And if you're a fashion designer or you just want to sell a product like e-commerce, e-commerce is actually growing. Like, fuck what you heard about Amazon buying Whole Foods and all this other shit, and you thinking you about to, you know, Amazon is killing the game and things of that sort. So I think with the whole Amazon thing, just to get a little sidetrack with, with them purchasing Whole Foods, isn't so this was a smart move. So instead of them, you know, building all these fucking stores, so, so you go in there with your, uh, you know, how Amazon is going to have no cashiers in those stores, you know, those grocery stores or whatever. This is what they're going to use Whole Foods for. So the Whole Foods is already built, so they probably just going to gut out a couple of them, get rid of the cashiers, like y'all get the fuck out of here, eat a dick. Like you seeing across all these grocery stores, they're just in, in regular stores like Walmart and Target, like retailers, they getting you know the cashiers about the paint like it's crazy going into a target and seeing like two cashiers and then you got a long ass line at the damn self-checkout they keep trying to funnel you to the self-checkout you're like no i want to go to the actual person and you know and get checked out i mean i think me and my wife are just old school like that we prefer to do that but sometimes you go there and the one they'll have two cashiers that line is backed up and then you got the self-checkout backed up and they ain't got enough uh registers because they didn't gutted out all the registers to put six new uh fucking um, self-checkouts in there but it's bullshit and they're phasing out the cashier but i think that's what's going to happen with whole foods and um and uh what's going on with that uh with the whole whole foods and amazon thing you're gonna go in there you know with your phone and just pick up what you need boom go and walk on up out that door but e-commerce is growing, and I'm saying that because the Bureau of Labor Statistics is saying that between 2014 and 2024, disposable income has grown and will grow uh, 4% every year. Every year, there's going to be in uh, just more cash, 4% more cash from Americans of just disposable money, just throwing money away. We know when folks have disposable income, they buy dumb shit and it's so with uh, e-commerce, you know, buying shit online, it makes it so easy. I don't know if y'all ever bought something off of Amazon or the Nike app. Like you just had, you, you just hit two clicks and you're like, damn, yeah, I already charged my debit card. You know, I didn't, I ain't even blink and I'm already done with the transaction. So the money's out there. And like I said, this statistic and this projection is from 2014 to 2024. So y'all about three years behind. So y'all need to get out there and hustle, family. All right. So that's all I got for y'all this week. Uh, much love and respect. And I'm sorry that the episode was a little bit late. But like I said, Tuesday, you know, I normally record on Tuesdays, release it Wednesday or Thursday. 
but I was out, you know, hanging with family, celebrate my uncle's birthday, you know, just living life. But I'm here. I'm always rocking with y'all. Y'all might get the episodes a little bit late, but y'all gonna get them that week. So make sure y'all check me out on Bumpers. I'll be on there this weekend dropping a couple of episodes for y'all. And um, I might talk about education on there, but make sure you download the Bumpers app and uh, just check me out and uh, hit uh, hit me up or hit us up at uh, doragsandboatshoes at gmail.com if you got any questions, comments, feedback, or you want me to talk about some different story that you came across on the air. And as always, I love y'all. One.